Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 191st episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week, we are doing another Woken Free story time, but this one is called 21 Questions About Media. So before we dive down that long conversation at a Yellow Brick Road, a couple of things to cover. First, have you downloaded the episode on WokenFree.com through the Podbean app? If you haven't, please do so immediately. <laughs> That's how you are able to show your support for the show, as well as join the conversation by adding in your thoughts in the comments. So then it is... A back and forth between us and you. How fun is that? So make sure you do do that. Now, if for some reason you can't download an app for whatever the device you're listening to this on, then please just make sure you go to WokenFree.com and pick the platform of choice that you're going to follow and subscribe to the show at. So we get a lot of love on iTunes. We have love on TuneIn, Stitcher, of course, Google Play, of course, our YouTube channel. We have episodes in love on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. So we're pretty much everywhere, guys. So make sure you are followed and subscribed to wherever you're catching this on. Now, another really nifty thing that you can do is you can subscribe via email by going to WokenFree.com. And if you do that, you should also encourage your friends and family to do that because then you all will get email notifications every single week for a new episode. So you don't even have to remember Woken Free Wednesday, but of course you do because it's unforgettable. Thank you. Now for social media, you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn at Woken Free. And then of course, if you have 90 seconds, we'd love for you to review the show. Where do you do that? On whichever platform that you catch the show on and that you'd like to do so at. So with that, I'm going to kick it to you, sir. All right. I think it's best to kick it right to the episode and <laughs> get this party started on the media, right? Yes, yes, yes. Breaking news, right? So question number one, what do you like about media? Uh, are we talking about news media? Because if we are, what I think about media is I like to stay updated on global and national events. Mm -hmm. And I like to find out what they think the consensus is on topics. Mm-hmm. For example, I want to see reactions from people on new voting laws being passed in a jurisdiction. I mm -hmm. think media is good at giving us an analysis on certain topics like the one I just mentioned. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, I think because media has so many different outlets and so many different genres, uh, for me, when I think about it, I think of it in the collective. And so I like media for as the collective because it is an opportunity to be able to share and consume news, updates, inspirational stories. And to your point, I like that there's a global touch to it because uh, growing up, I think so much of our lives seems so local and regional in nature. And as an adult now, more so than ever, I think about the global impact that we all play a role in and the global world that we live in. So I, I agree with what you said as well. Okay. Question two, what do you dislike about the media? Sadly, like anything else. So there are a lot of things that I think could be changed when it comes to media as a collective. So there's definitely apparent bias that we see in on various different platforms, whether yeah. we're talking about news or we're talking about, you know, entertainment or sports or something. So there's that. 
Uh, depending upon where you live, it can dictate the type of news media you hear, which means that for some areas, like for us being in Arizona, we mostly hear about Arizona or California or Southwest news versus when we were in New York, it seemed like we heard more about like New York and the tri-state area, which is interesting. And I think that again, yes, it's important, but it's no more important than what's happening in Sri Lanka. Right. And so I, I don't like that. Like sometimes your location really seems to dictate the propensity of news media that you, you get access to because it's not fair. We have to think globally, not just locally. So a local media outlet needs to cover every country and every town. Well, so what I would say is just have it be a little bit more balanced out, right? So yes, if you're technically going to be 70% local, can we still at least have 30% of stories that are maybe similar in nature, but that are happening globally, just so that we have a little bit of touch to global news stories, just because I think people should think about what's happening across the world and not just what's happening in their backyard. You know, so okay. there's that. Also, I la- I dislike the lack of diverse media spokespeople. So yes, I've seen more people of color in roles that involve reporting news and stuff like that. But I think it would, I, I still think there's mo- room for improvement. <laughs> so I would definitely like to see that. Also, I think the, and this might be uh, irony, but could we have more positive news, right? So news typically, when I think of news, I think of like, uh, like what happened now, like uh, some sad or upsetting story. As a, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like, wow, this person saved a dog or this person helped an old woman or this person uh, raised a million dollars for this. Per-. You know, like I think it would be really cool if we didn't have an overwhelming propensity of negative news versus positive news. So if we could personally, I would do like 60% positive, 40% <laughs> negative. But, uh, you know, that that's just my personal bias there, I guess. And then also... I would say I don't like the lack of equalization when it comes to negative news reporting, because when we look at, you know, crime reporting and certain incidents that are happening that are criminal in nature, that are egregious in nature, it seems to me that and maybe that is just bias or it's happenstance. We'll discuss that more, I believe. But it seems like there's a propensity to discuss crimes reported by and or committed by uh, people of color over <laughs> non-people of color. And I, and I just, I've always wondered about that because crime, yes, happens in every community amongst different people. But why is it that we see a similar narrative when it look, when we're seeing black and brown faces and it's, it's as if other people aren't committing crime. That, that's the interpretation I get because I've just had a lifetime of just seeing black and brown people committing crime and not necessarily seeing that same reporting across the board. All right. Yeah. That's definitely. Some things that get my goose going, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wish also that the popular outlets would, like you were alluding to, Mm -hmm. instilling their biases. Because I think they do that a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. Where a news story will be biased a certain way. I also wish that they wouldn't spin stories to support their views. So, not exactly being biased, but only focusing on certain elements of a story. So that it makes it seem like, oh yeah, matter of fact... This is actually, it goes along with how, you know, I feel about the story. Mm. And not admitting that a previous piece they ran was false or misleading. I think oh, wow. all yeah. news outlets need to clarify when something went wrong and something just wasn't represented correctly. Mm. And then I also wish they would cover a wide range of topics and not just what is trending. Mm. I feel like sometimes they get caught up in 
They'll stay on one topic just because it's popular. Yeah. As if it's like only SEO. Yeah. <laughs> seems driven. like that happens. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Question number three. What are the biggest issues you have with the media? The biggest issue I have is when they portray the black man as most likely to commit a crime. I think mm. that's misleading. And I think some outlets now are trying to write that wrong, but it'll take time to change people's viewpoints. So mm. we'll see if this continues on. I think we're just at a heightened moment where they try not to paint this and now they're all... Because I noticed that some outlets are going on about, oh, how come... They're, the black people are being treated this way and that way. And that used to never be mentioned by news outlets. So mm. I think they are trying to change their views, but we'll, we'll be able to tell, you know, years from now if it was real or if they were just part of the trendy movement. Absolutely. I would say my biggest issue is the preponderance of negative reporting over positive stories, because regardless of the characters of the stories being involved, human nature, you know, we tend to hone in on the negative. So the only way for us to rewire how we think is to really live through representation. So if you constantly put out negative content and human beings have a propensity to consume and to think negatively, then, you know, we're not changing the narrative at all. <laughs> and so the only way to do that is to report on positive news and not just positive news by celebrities, but there are brilliant selfless human beings around this world who are doing so much good for other people that may not be celebrities that may not be famous people that may not have a penny to their name, but they're changing the world by opening up their homes and standing at, for what's right in this world and protecting children from being child sex slaves and, and making sure that people don't get kidnapped and helping people get off of drug addiction. And it's like those stories, go unheard and it's very frustrating especially globally because you know we yeah maybe it's not happening here but is it happening in india is it happening in taiwan is it happening across the world and we're just you know we're too caught up on you know who got new botox or who killed this person and who raped this person and it's like yes those are horrible things that happen not the botox piece but (laughs) (laughs) uh you know the raping and the the you know the violence but You know, there's also a lot of, to your point, there's a lot of good happening in this world. And I really think if you were to ask the average person, like, if you could recall the most recent news story, what comes to mind, it's most likely something negative. (laughs) So I think that 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 is preventable and absolutely something that we can work on. And it's I don't think it's going to take 50 years to change it. It really is just a matter of sitting down and and do the math, right? If you are reporting on 50 things in a day, if 45 of them are negative, we have a problem. (laughs) like we have like a serious problem guys so let's try to look at that for me i don't i mean i know media they like to report on the negatives but i don't even blame them i blame the viewers because the viewers respond more to the negative because they've tried to have positive stuff and yeah media has changed a lot since what it used to be it used to Mm -hmm. report on a more vast thing like topic of things but now Mm -hmm. they don't do that because they notice that viewers are more interested in negatives like high-speed chases are fun Watching them, you know, run through the highway and do all this fun stuff. Mm -hmm. But just someone helping out their neighbors, you know, that might, maybe they'll, they'll run that story once, but they're not going to run. 30 different stories where that yeah. same thing's happening by but, different individuals because you know, people don't want to watch it. As but a that's problem. a chicken and an egg thing, right? So yeah, people might not want to watch <laughs> it, but if everyone keeps doing it, they, everyone's going to stop watching the news. Unlikely, right? So you can change the they'll hearts They'll go and to minds the media outlets that are just 
uh, stuck on view yeah. viewers and they don't care about well, what they do. So that that's one of the issues. I think people need to change. I yeah, maybe a chicken and egg thing. Both, but like, I think people have to just say, well, yeah. you know, I'm getting tired of this. I'm going to switch off because there are positive channels they can like switch to. But a lot of people don't have the self awareness to know that they're obsessed with negativity, so they're never going to get yeah, to that point of saying tough. I'm tired of negativity when it's like the world is a negative place. Everyone's yeah, a then they lie. Yeah, because they <laughs> if you just watch the media, you might yeah. get that conception, but it's wrong. It's because they only purport on the sensational Correct. stuff. Correct. They don't report on everyday normalcy that we're used to. Exactly. They're like, eh, you already see that. Let's show you things you're not used to. Mm-hmm. Bam, in your face. Exactly. <laughs> Question four. How does bias impact the media? So there's, and if you guys are new to WokenFree.com, all of our links that we mentioned in an episode can be found on WokenFree.com, so make sure you check that out. So according to mccneb.edu, they mentioned different types of bias, which I thought were, you know, interesting for us to kind of go through. So this is the News Literacy Project identifies five types of bias. So you have partisan bias, which is a type of bias in which a journalist's political views affect news coverage. So you, wow. you kind of spoke to that. Dem- demographic bias, which is a type of bias in which race, gender, ethnicity, or other factors such as culture or economic class affects news coverage. So we spoke to that about, you know, the propensity of certain communities being brought up in the news over others. Yeah. Corporate bias, type of bias in which the business or advertising interests of a news outlet or its parent company influences how or even whether a story is reported. Very fascinating. I don't know if people really think about that one. And then big story, which is a type of bias where journalists' perception of an event or development as a major important story can cause them to miss key details and misrepresent key facts. You mentioned that one. Neutrality, which is a type of bias in which a journalist or news outlet tries so hard to avoid appearing biased to anyone that the coverage actually misrepresents the facts. Oh, Fascinating. I didn't know that was a possibility even. I know. That's really interesting. And then they go on to talk about (laughs) forms of media bias, where you have bias by story selection, where that occurs when a news outlet only runs stories that reflect a particular point of view. Yeah. Interesting. Bias by omission. A news story might present only one side of a story and omit facts or other details that support a different viewpoint. For instance, a newscaster might only interview liberal commentators or a website might only quote conservative sources. Yep. Bias by source selection. An article or news story might interview or reference more sources that support one view over another. Then you have bias by commission. Bias by commission occurs when a news outlet or reporter passes along assumptions that tend to support one point of view or political party. Examples include stating that slashes in in social spending caused increased infant mortality and homelessness or repeating unproven conspiracy theories involving a politician. Ouch. (sighs) Bias by (laughs) placement or layout. A news editor can promote certain stories by featuring them prominently on the front page or at the top of a website while burying other stories that reflect another point of view. Television or radio stations might report the favored stories first and the less favored later in the broadcast. Bias by word choice or tone is where the word choices a journalist makes or the tone a a newscaster adopts can manipulate the public's reaction to a news story. Loaded or sensational words can elicit a positive or negative emotional response. Examples include choosing the word infanticide over abortion. Oh, interesting. Or anti-choice over pro-life. Oh, that's (laughs) interesting. Using the word gloat to describe a politician's response to a news story. Bias by labeling occurs when positive or negative labels are assigned to 
one group but not another. For example, extreme right or far yeah. left. That's so, those are so annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> Bias by image selection, flattering or unflattering photographs, images, or camera angles can also influence the public's perception of a person's event, of a person or event, and the images of an editor or producer selects might reflect a bias. So what I thought was really interesting in that yeah. really detailed layout is that there are so many forms of bias that like, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I don't think they even talked about that in any of the classes or schooling that I went through. So no, nah, but was... I don't know if you went to political science major kind of thing. No, but I mean, classes like that. even in law school, I don't recall. Yeah, I don't definitely. We don't talk recall, about bias. Maybe, that's maybe, crazy. Wow. Maybe think, if yeah, you did you media law, some. maybe if I, maybe if I, or entertainment law, maybe they dived into that a bit more there, but. Cause even when you're prosecuting or defending a person. But even a, a communications person, class in, in, like in our undergrad, I think that would have been interesting to go through some of that, but. Oh, uh, biases? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah, they never went, but have you taken advanced ones? Maybe in the advanced courses. Maybe in courses the advanced courses, not the intro courses, yeah. Yeah, probably and just that's incredible, that. the amount of bias that's existing. And who knows if that's a, that list is t- total. Like there might yeah, be other forms out there. It might not be inclusive too. of everything. Wow, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think of it. All. I never, yeah, I never thought of it in such a detailed format. That's incredible. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll add that bias will help a group or individual reach a conclusion without analyzing only the facts. Mm-hmm. Like the person will use selective reasoning. Then you meant that was included mm-hmm. in your list, actually, to support mm-hmm. their view and ignore other important factors. And I think immigration, for example, mm. has certain media trying to claim immigrants steal jobs. Yeah. And they ignore that. Most people will not even apply for these low-paying jobs. Exactly. So I think that's one example of bias in the media. Absolutely. And that's a, a very important distinction to be made because, again, how can someone steal something that no one wanted, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's very if, funny. If, if a, a group of people are willing to come and work and do the work, and if that work is available and not being taken up by other communities, then no one is taking anything from anyone else if it was available to everyone and one group didn't apply for it and one group did that is just how the the application process worked guys and then like, even that word look how they use stolen and I not know, just taken or applied or, yeah yeah that's, that's stolen very is, exciting stolen yeah, when you're stolen that's a key word hired. for anybody like, yeah. yeah yeah not even just hired for their positions they they literally just that's say stolen really interesting there yeah the really word choice matters wow question five what are changes you would like to see with the media I just like more equal reporting on an issue, mm. meaning when injecting opinions, just have a equal amount of people explaining why they feel one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think the next thing is making it clear what is fact and what's just an opinion instead of leaving it up to the viewers to decide what is what. Sometimes it's not clear when you're making your statement based on mm. how you feel or this is actual things we studied and found yeah. out that this is the truth. So I think that needs to be clarified by the media. Interesting. Okay. So for me, I would say I would love to see a more open and honest conversation with the people that these news or media outlets cater to. Meaning, you know, there are various people who do, I mean, we're forms of, we're a form of media, right? We uh, will report on or share our thoughts and share our context and things. And it's like, it would be nice to be contacted by a news station or be contacted by another outlet. It's like, Hey, we'd love to have your thoughts on a subject, right? Are we famous or, (laughs) uh, some type of, you know, political commentator? No, not necessarily, but it doesn't mean that our opinion or our, our, our perspective isn't of value and wouldn't be able to be influential. 
to their audience. So personally, I would like to see more collaborations with other outlet forms, media outlet forms, and also being asking, you know, the public a little bit more about what they want to hear on. Because it's like, are you really reporting? Are you giving the news that they want to hear? Are you giving the news that you think the public wants to hear? Because there's a difference. And, uh, you know, to me, it's not clear because the news media that I am, you know, I, I as you know, I try to <laughs> distance myself because I find it super negative. Oh, yeah, and it doesn't really negativity. reflect to me. It doesn't like resonate with me. You know, yeah. I, I wish someone would ask my opinion. I wish someone would ask me, hey, is it, how is this serving you? Because it's not serving me. So, you know, I think that what's the purpose of having stations and having media outlets that aren't serving the community how they want to be served? I, I think that that's an injustice that's being done. So that's interesting because there is one morning news show that actually they run polls and they ask people directly, hey, what do you think about this? That's cool. And people do respond using whatever. They, they let you respond using almost any method. Oh, that's interesting. So it's pretty cool. You can respond over social media you can text you can call in yeah i think that should be done across things. the board you should you should hear and they right? show the polls like, too of like what people yeah. answered so you get a feeling like this is what the audience thinks yeah. right now i think that, that that's stand. reflective because it's the same it's thing good. when you go to order a burger they want to usually ask you know give us your rating tell us what you thought about it like you should constantly be looking to improve and understand if you're serving your audience and your customer and if you're not then you need to make changes just made me think of something that it's random but just because you brought of burgers, mm-hmm. but I would, it would be funny if restaurants showed what was like the most ordered item. I oh, just thought about that. Super cute, would yeah, like trending. What, what's, yeah. what's on trend for the people day? People order this. Love that. Most oh, I think it'd be so helpful. Order because this. We don't even know the percentages of what would, people are getting. Right? You would totally change guess. how people order that. Yeah, totally definitely. change because yeah. people like to understand what what's the consensus here. <laughs> yeah, they might know. Like, hey, everybody's getting this. I've never even tried that. They might get it and they say, "Wow, that's a good item. I'm gonna get that again." As long as they're not skewing the data, right? It makes me a little bit nervous to like. Oh yeah, they could. Just to get, that, yeah. yeah, like let's say they have leftovers, they try yeah, to get rid of it. Like, oh, they could let's say, just yeah, make this everybody popular. was buying this. <laughs> that is like not really. as long as it's honest that's and true, true. But yes, that that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Question six: How has your mental health been impacted by the media? So I have found media to generally increase my anxiety around stories, especially related to my community. And growing up, I definitely remember a reduction in my self-confidence because, you know, whenever it was there was content or stories related to standards of beauty that were shoved down my throat, you know, those that content didn't reflect me. It didn't look like me. It wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, black women, you know, who were bigger bodied or resembled me in any way. So it was really challenging to understand, you know, where I fit in from a beauty standard. And then also from a, do I matter standard? Because if you don't, a human experience is is an experience through representation. And if you don't see yourself, then you start to question why you are here and whether you play a role in the world that you're living in. And then also, if you are constantly a part of a community that is demonized or villainized, you know, <laughs> unfairly, then it makes you fearful of, you know, I, as a as a woman who's going to, I'm having a black son, terrified, right? My own life, every time I see an officer, I'm terrified for my own life. And now I'm terrified for, you know, multiple lives, your life and his life. So it's just, you know, it's, it's created anxiety. It's made me feel unsafe. It's made me feel unwanted. It's made me feel like I, like something's wrong with me when I know that that is not the case, but it's the, it's the bias and it's the, the discrimination and it's the animosity held against the community I'm a part of. Okay. Wow. That's deep. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And you? It's been the total opposite for me. Okay. I feel my mental health has been unaffected. 
But that's because you kind of are like like Simba, right? Like, ha, huh, I laugh in the face of fear. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Like, you take that approach to life, I think so. Maybe, because yeah, yeah. I'm okay with watching the negative stories. It doesn't make me... I don't know. I don't. And know. especially I about like, all the black men who've been killed every day doesn't make you feel heightened. No, it when doesn't. You go outside, interesting. No, I don't feel heightened. I mean, I'm. I definitely. Are you know. aware that your life is at threat every time you are? Yeah. outside? Yeah, I know that. I know I can't do. I can't act a fool, you know, mm-hmm. in front of certain individuals, or else that can be your a problem for me. Yeah. Compared to if I was a different cultural Community. background, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe I could while out, and I would still my life would be, you know, not secure. In yeah. Yeah. So I know I realize that. Like, yeah, I know not. To, you know, I I kind of I know what's happening, but it doesn't it doesn't put like weird stresses on my mentality. Okay. And I try not to that's let healthy. fear linger. Yeah. And like, I try, I, I don't have many fears. So that's yeah. not one of them, to be honest. Okay. I mean, that's why for me to, to be less fearful of a person, yeah. I just detach and I don't consume a lot yeah, of Yeah, maybe that's media. what it is. Because for me, yeah, I, it just trigger. it's a trigger of anxiety and fear for me. So see, so. I think I'm doing, I do that. I'll watch it, but it's like, it's almost it like me playing a video game. Like I'm seeing it happen, okay. but it's not, say, I'm not yeah, saying that's my life totally or that's going to like, yeah, I think that's maybe what it is. That's how I deal with it, I guess. Question seven, how has your personal identity been impacted by the media? Now, this is definitely impactful on me because mm-hmm. it made me know that sometimes I have to hide the fact that I'm a black man to avoid being stereotyped and treated unfairly. Mm. So, for example, I went on this home renting app and a host didn't allow me to book the room. And it was def- it was for no apparent reason. Mm. But I, I do believe that case was because of my profile picture. When I linked it to like social media, you could see my face. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't allowed to book the the home. So I thought oh, wow. that's interesting based off my profile pic. That's this didn't go through. So that made me think, oh, wow, very interesting. That's when, very unfortunate. Yeah, I think it was definitely a stereotype issue mm-hmm. going on. Interesting. So for me, I've really had to fight hard to not Mm. really associate my community or myself with the negative or destructive messaging that is shared repeatedly about my community because I truly do believe a good person, being a good person or a good contributor to our society has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Uh, it, (laughs) you know, and, if you were, if you don't have exposure to our, to the black community, for instance, that is not something, that is not a rhetoric that would be clear to you because constantly, if you look at the news, you constantly see black and brown lives that are, are either at risk, uh, and it's either connected to their race or it's a, 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 attached to something related to their race. And it's just, it, it would make you think, well, this is a community have, that has a high propensity of crime. This is a community that has a high propensity of, you know, criminal lifestyle. And it's like, that's not true. There's crime that it takes place in every type of community and at different socioeconomic levels, right? So maybe there's crime happening in a neighborhood, not because it happens to be mostly black and brown lives there, but maybe it's because it's a very poor, a disenfranchised neighborhood. And certain right? crime and is, so- even if certain crime is treated differently, so like Correct. a low level check fraud is treated differently than like mm-hmm. high level people yeah, white fraud. Yeah, fraud. white collar yeah. fraud. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's definitely treated differently and reported Absolutely. differently. <laughs> yeah. And it's shown that, you know, people, you know, say a, a white man or a black man can commit the exact same crime and will not be sentenced the same, will yeah. not be treated the same. Right. And so it is, it is challenging. Uh, but to your point, you know, I do believe that there is, <laughs> that you can't let it destroy you and you do have to, you have to rise above. But it, it's, it's, it's definitely been disheartening, I would say, growing up with dealing with us. Yeah, that's definitely true. Question eight. 
Do you think the bias presented in the media is intentional? Mm. So, like, my gut instinct instinct is to say yes, because media is not something that just happens, right? It doesn't just exist naturally in, in nature. It's something that was curated. It's curated content. It comes out of not just the words that are being shared, but the images and the messaging and the tone that is distributed through newspapers, magazines, TV, radio, podcasts, the internet as a whole. And to believe that people are innocently just making this bias mistakes over and over and over again, to me seems a bit naive or a bit too simple minded (laughs) to think in 2021, right? Maybe back in the day, but at this point, you know, what I, what I shared earlier in the episode about the different types of bias, that that's free and available to anyone on the internet, right? And so if, if you are creating news and creating media, if you had the intention of wanting to reduce bias, then you would look into bias, right? And you would, you would be able to say, Hey, do we, are we putting out stories that happen to include just one side? Are we using insightful words, right? So to me, I think it is intentional. I just think that people uh, would like to think that it is not and would like to act like it is not. Yeah, I definitely agree. The media outlets, they inject bias. I feel it's to better align with their viewers yep. and they yep. do that for the numbers because advertisers paid based on yep. the amount of viewers they mm-hmm. get. When you mention a bias that people agree with, that that message res- resonates with them. Mm. So most people, they also like to be validated, especially when they don't realize their thought is biased in and of itself. Mm. <laughs> They'll say, this is just an idea I have. And, oh, you mentioned it, so now it's true. And I don't, like, I don't think people go around thinking, oh, I'm biased against a group of people. Wow. They just think... This is just an idea this I have. And someone said it yeah. and now it's validated. They don't then go and say, well, that's really just a bias. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the They're not mindset. Going to that, no yeah, one's really deduction. thinking of their ideas as biased or non-biased. They mm-hmm. just think of it as an idea that's either true or maybe it's not true if you never hear it. Absolutely. So it's like one person says it's opinion, two people say <laughs> yeah. it's fact. Yeah. And it's like, nope. And, that's, and they'll think there's no <laughs> bias. <laughs> they don't think about a bias involved. They just think it's an, it's like you said, it's just a fact. That's all it is. Exactly. And it's <laughs> nothing like, more nope, to it. You are factually biased. That's, yeah, that's what said it issue here it's a, a biased opinion that has <laughs> yeah. no fact and it in can it. cause the death of lives guys so it's well, a serious problem, yeah. serious business here question nine is there anything surprising about the media to you it's surprising to me how some media doesn't correct their mistakes i mm-hmm. talked about it earlier on mm-hmm. i think in the age of the internet anything shown is always available somewhere yeah so it would make sense if you just clarify when you made a mistake so you don't look silly or look like you're wishy-washy because mm. then you go and you can do a search and then yeah like on a video platform it'll show here's what they said previously up oh, here's a month later they're changing their tune oh, <laughs> and wow. it just, to me that takes away all your credibility and there's like one news channel that does this a lot more than others so i just think that's really funny and people probably know what it is and they probably they're either mad at me or they're laughing along with me <laughs> <laughs> but I love to watch those. There's those a repeat things. offender, guys. Yeah. Um, just really nice. Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I think is funny. That's too funny. Well, what you're really speaking to here is accountability, right? And, I guess and, that's what that is. And the reason why, why would you not want to have accountability? Because to own and to mistake, that means that you are then stating that you're not always reporting truth. And if you're I not always so, yeah. reporting truth, then, then, then you make your audience, what? Nervous. Why should they tune into you if they don't know if you're a week later going to come back and be like, well, we 
fun Tuesday, right? And so then it becomes, you become shaky and then you're going to lose, you're going to lose your audience. So, so that, that's, even though technically we should, it, yeah. we should commend accountability, even when it is for mistakes, because that's the, that's the rise above moment. That's, a, that's very, uh, you know, you know, something to be proud of, not something to be scared or upset about, but. So yeah, there are like, I know some magazines <laughs> do that. There's, if there were any errors and people yeah, pour it out, so they'll say, Hey, there was an error in this article and they tell you, and Newspapers I love that. Do it, yeah. yeah. I love that. Cause it's like very, no one is perfect yeah. guys to be human that. is to be faulted it is a reality of nothing is perfect because perfection doesn't exist it's a concept created by human beings it doesn't exist in nature <laughs> so for us to act as if everything we say and do even for our own platform is impossible <laughs> but you try your best and you have accountability when you can and you keep it moving and you also make the distinction between opinion, this is what I think, versus this is a fact. If you yeah. said your opinion and your opinion have to be happen to be jacked up, hey, as long as you didn't purport that as fact, then there's nothing to be held accountable for. But if you're purporting facts and your facts are jacked up, you gotta you gotta hold your feet to the fire. <laughs> but you gotta also be careful with opinions because it's like if you have a real strong willed opinion and mm. you so much back it, and then a couple months later you said, well, you know, I don't really feel that way. Then you then seem, you do have to appear. Yeah, yeah. Then you see, have to, then it seems like then you there's have to walk people here. through that process of how you switch the switch the and then i would say just there. don't be so passionate about certain opinions right kind of calm it down well or should you be that's passionate because it's like if that's you're so passionate about opinion and then you flip to another then how am i going to believe your passion when any new opinions come up as long as you validate it's almost like it, you're a person who cried wolf or whatever yeah but as long as you validate why you were so passionate then and what has changed right so if you had an aha moment then that makes sense why you can flip the switch. All but, right. but, but if I'd you say just, just say, if you go from like, yes, to a hardcore no, would, and there's no journey in between, then yeah, then you seem wishy-washy. Should that be a teachable moment though? Is that maybe I got to be careful when I'm, what I choose to be so passionate about. You should be careful and, and you should also always keep an open mind. So even if you are passionate about something, maybe don't, that, don't say that <laughs> it can only be this way because it is only this way. Cause in life will teach you uh, very on various occasions that you might switch switch your your opinion you might go from left to right and right to left so yeah you know just yeah it is a teachable moment i would say to answer the question what i find surprising today is really the connection between media and politics so uh when the barack obama was president and the end in the office i thought it was truly just so disheartening how him and his family were like totally just like bashed by media and, and some of the things and the contrast to, to them. And again, it had to, had to deal with them being black people. Right. And, yeah. and the connection and the history in this country of, you know, how black people have been purported and, you know, have been ridiculed and, and villainized, but how they spoke about his family and the girls and him, it was really to me, both shocking and hurtful and in a way that no other president will ever have to deal with if they were not, if they're not a black and brown person. So I just there's you know. some great comparison videos on mm -hmm. the video platform that show that on, oh, the, <laughs> yeah, on the big really? social media oh, okay. platform. You can check that out and they'll okay. show they'll show Barack's administration mm -hmm. and then they'll show the latest administration. Okay. Well, actually, the one before that, previous one, yeah, okay. the previous one, so the one that right after his administration. Correct. I'm not going to mention which yeah, one yeah, that of is. Course. You can figure out that one, yep. but they'll show the dichotomy between the two and it's yeah, very interesting yeah. about the same situations between the first mm -hmm. lady and then the later first lady and say how they how spoke of her spoke, yeah. versus the the later one and it was not equal like you said it's definitely different of course not right and, and, then, and then again they did the thing of lack of accountability they didn't admit that 
they were mm. previously disheartening towards the oh, of course, Michelle, Michelle Obama. Yeah. They spoke crazy. Yeah, and they wouldn't even own up <laughs> to that. Crazy to, they acted them. like all they, they acted like she just yeah. received the utmost respect during her time. No, they they were, do that. They, they like compared, it's a rewrite of history. There was an incident where they were compared to apes, right? I mean, yeah, so there it's was not, some bad stuff. Uh, yeah, this was a disgraceful moment in our country, uh, in our world, right? And there's no accountability. I don't think they got public apologies for that stuff, right? So you know, it's just well, they, seems, well at least she got plagiarized though and that too you it's know that. It's, <laughs> right. yeah they, she got bashed and plagiarized you know, nice and and you know they are classy people and they you know rise above that's just a part of who they are as people are and for them to become who they had to be you have to be you cannot, oh yeah can't be petty <laughs> you've got to rise above but uh you know that to me has been very shocking you are now listening to woken free woken free woken free woken free woken free a podcast that gets real and personal question 10 how does the media impact the youth so this i thought i think this is an interesting question because you know obviously as parents to be uh now if we're not thinking about things for us we're thinking about little ones and i came across this website called the cabin chiangmai.com and again all links will be available on wokenfree.com and so the article on the site goes to say the following during their formative years children develop their behavior patterns values and attitudes that will shape their lives Often those values are tied to how frequently children view certain types of media productions and what they learn or understand from them. Concerns over how media impacts youth and children stem from how much exposure kids have and the type of content. Educational media content and age-appropriate entertainment can be positive for children and their families, provided that they don't replace homework or healthy activities, of course. On the other hand, overexposure can have a detrimental effect on numerous areas of a child or young person's life, including diet. Prolonged media can lead to kids grabbing quick and often unhealthy snacks in place of regular nutritious meals. Social skills, when young adults or children spend too much time using various forms of media, they miss out on regular activities like seeing friends, sports, school events, family life. That definitely is, I've seen that in rhetoric. Uh, sexuality, sex between unmarried partners is 24 times more likely to feature on Media sites then sex between married couples, exposure to sexual violence and deviance is often a feature of music videos, films, and games, and this affects the way that kids see sex. I think there's bias in that, though. Yes, I do. That, <laughs> I because think they're trying to imply that to have sex, you should be with a married couple. That's where that bias is. And that's is, definitely a that bias thing right there. Very yeah, interesting to put that in that, there. Uh, the writer of that has a perspective on what type of sexuality is yeah, acceptable, what's acceptable versus not. Which is not. <laughs> <laughs> and they claim, you know, that influences how they behave in the future, which is true. Uh, but again, children, ha- everyone has values. A, yeah, yeah, you may think that's okay. You may not believe correct. in marriage. Yeah, and not, you, and it's we, you can't be looked down on because of that. That's everyone your has to make their determination of, yeah. on where they stand on that. Exactly. Attitudes and values and behavior. Uh, the attitudes that kids see on media sites are often adopted in real life. A recent study noted that the average North American child sees 12,000 incidents of violence on television each year. For example, <laughs> media wow. violence often leads to kids acting violently themselves or seeing violence as an acceptable form of behavior. Wow. We are also talking about that too, yeah. but more so the violence in home, uh, to real life. And too much exposed, too much media time also exposes kids to racism, sexism, brutality, and other deviant behaviors. Alcohol Alcohol and drug abuse are featured in films, popular series, music videos, video games, and thousands of websites. And when these behaviors and values are portrayed as acceptable, there's a real danger of kids taking them on board. 
So the point and the moral of the story is that what kids are consuming, what happens, it doesn't go in one ear and out one ear, but it stays with them and resonates with them. And then it can impact their behaviors and how they view what is acceptable versus not what is acceptable. And so what does it mean? It means more conversations with parents and and children, right? You cannot expect media or film or video games to raise your child. You have to raise your child and you have to teach them their moral, provide a moral compass for your children. But also, you know, would it be nice if our media (laughs) could reflect the morals in our homes? I mean, it would be nice, but the problem is we don't all share the same morals. So what happens? We have no television or we're watching CNET or whatever. What's that? I mean, C-SPAN. C-SPAN. What's actually (laughs) cool, well, interesting, there's some companies that'll actually, you you could take any movie or whatever programming and you could select what type of stuff you want to allow, what scenes you allow. So we're going to. So you could say, oh, no violence. Oh, no religion talk. Oh, no sex. Oh, no drugs. Oh, so no alcohol. Gonna, uh, what's so, a, you're going to censor, censor. Yeah, basically just sense. You could censor out the movie to make it have whatever message you want. And then what does that do for the child who lives a, a childhood that way? And then they have to be prepared to deal with that as then, adults. Then they, they had, see the movie again. no exposure to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. What and if then they also feel bamboozled it? because they saw one version of it. They then they see the real like, version with their friend and they're like, wait, I never remember Yeah, I don't doing remember. That, that never happened. There's no, there was no violence in the movie I saw. Yeah, there was nobody laying down always laughing they just always laugh that's all i saw so yeah, yeah it gives you a very twisted... dangerous proposition there <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it could be an issue mm-hmm. the things i thought about were that it tells them what topics to pay attention to because yep. it'll say hey this is at the forefront of issues that there's going on today mm-hmm. and maybe kids will think oh yeah that really is a big issue i'm <laughs> i won't bring up any issues because i just thought about that mm-hmm. it could be it could be my bias you know putting on but yeah. you know you know different issues like yep. political or mm-hmm. all these things the second is what causes they should join so mm. you'll see different groups on the news and stuff and even in shows they'll show different groups often i mean it could be something like a football team or a baseball yeah, team absolutely. or it could be like a group that marches for animal rights you know things yeah. like that so the media has an influence on what they should which groups they should join and which ones are important now, a big one is that they tell you medical advice. So what should you do to keep medically safe? I guess. Me? Well, in terms of like, in, I guess your health, they, it's mm. like health advice. Oh, so okay. they'll say, Oh, you should do this. You should diet and exercise or, you oh, should, yeah, yeah, or yeah. even you should do these different types of diets. This is what's best oh, yeah. for you. This Burpees is bad for you. And all this stuff. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah. things mm-hmm. and preventative measures you should take that you get that from media. They tell you morals to abide by, which, mm. yeah, because you mentioned previously that bias of sexuality is yep. only good when it's between married couple. <laughs> <laughs> so that's only lay down. Oh, only that's okay. That's okay to show children <laughs> because it's like, all right, so you're showing kids when you're married, it's okay to do the deed. That keeps us Absolutely. going. I don't know what stone cavemen were doing before marriage, but that must have been bad. They were and that married in their eyes. hearts. That's yeah, what they were doing. <laughs> that that was bad, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But nice. then the last one is who or what they should accept and reject. Mm. You often see that they'll say, "Very true. well." A good example. I mean, it's a true thing. You could take it either way, but it's like it tells us we should reject white supremacy. That's I mean, they try to show like the KKK. That's a bad group, yes. you know, yes. stuff like that. Yes. But then they'll show like, "Oh, well, we have Black Lives Matter. That's a good group." But media is kind of deciding. Good or bad, it tells you. Oh, and it depends on the platform, right? Because and it depends on the platform too. Some will say no, that's a, one and yeah, downplay another. So yeah, yeah, so that's what you know they absolutely. tell you. 
Question 11, what is your interpretation of the connection between media and COVID-19? I think the media has helped to spread doom and gloom about COVID-19, to be honest. It mm. seems they try to use scare tactics to get people to do things instead of, like, positivity. I okay. think sometimes they sprinkle it in, but I feel that it's more negativity kind of thing. Okay. I think they should show all numbers and not just the one set. So a positive example would be maybe they could report on how many people have recovered from COVID-19 instead mm-hmm. of just like giving us those big death tolls and cases. Yeah. They can tell us some of the positive kind of numbers yeah. that have come about and the improvements. So I, I don't think there's enough of that. Well, yeah, I would definitely agree that it's been more slighted towards the the sickness side of it as opposed to the recovery side of it. And that's because I think what what's the bias or what's the intentionality there? Because if you focus more on the positive with this virus, then you don't get people to be as hyped up and as anxious to get vaccinated, right? Because if yeah. you keep saying, hey, 80% of people uh, survived this and are doing totally fine, then why would you go and get a vaccination for it? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Dude. But yeah. if you're like, hey, you have a 70% chance of getting this, you're going to go and get... Not to say that getting vaccinated is a problem. I think everyone has to make their own medical decisions when it comes to that. I support people, whatever decision you make on that, like all for you. Do what makes you comfortable and what makes sense for your medical conditions. We all have our own medical journeys to be on. But there's definitely intentionality behind (laughs) the reporting with with COVID-19. And I agree. I think for me, the word that comes to mind, especially from the beginning of this pandemic, was confusion. There Uh, was inconsistent (laughs) messaging that went out about the spread of it, about the impact, about how to protect ourselves, about predictions. And I played this I, I believe this played a big role in people not taking it as serious as yeah. it needed to be taken, especially from the beginning and also now. And, and I think there's a pushback and frustration because how it, it was handled in the beginning. Correct. Yeah, that was really correct. a mess. Yes. That was a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question 12. How will the media change 10 years from now? So what I love about the, the younger generation, as if we're not a part of it, but still, nonetheless, youngins. the youngins, yes, the, the ones that are younger than us, even, I love how vocal and active they are and about demanding what they want and, and not acting like our past generations of just sticking with the mentality of, you know, things are just the way they are, right? Because that rhetoric and that attitude is not going to get us further in life. It's not going to defeat <laughs> discrimination and hate, and it's definitely not going to get us out into the space exploring other terrains we have to be willing to confront the uncomfortable and we have to be willing to to figure out what where we can go and how we can go in every aspect of human life and i think that more and more we're going to see other even if we don't get the the major major outlets doing what we need to do in media people are creating their own platforms and people are using their existing platforms as influencers to put out news and to to influence the hearts and minds of others so i think people are going to demand more whether they get it from uh, out outlets or they create it themselves i just think it's going to be more diverse i think it's going to be more authentic and i think it's going to be more in your face about the fact that like hey these people are telling you this but you know what have you thought about xyz and so that people get a little bit more democracy around information and about understanding what's true and what's not true. I actually don't think 10 years is enough for there to be that much different and that much change to happen. I think one change that'll happen is social media will be more integrated with like the old school media sources. So that'll be more of entangled. And like you said, I think they'll get more feedback from their audience and Mm -hmm. maybe they'll ask them questions, but 
I don't know. I think there's, we're going to still have the same issues that we've mentioned throughout this episode, episode? of okay. biases coming up and them injecting their opinions and not stating all the facts, you know, things of that nature happening. And then the key thing is reporting on negativity. I don't think that's yeah. going away in 10 years. And that's a huge thing. If, if it changed to more positive stuff, then I would say, mm-hmm. all right, there's some big changes happening. But yeah, I can't see it. A decade from now being so much different even if we get some new technological thing that happens because mm-hmm. even with the invention of the smartphone i don't yeah. think media changed that much for the better to be honest just because yeah. of that but i guess i'm more we'll hopeful see. there but I, you know we'll, yeah, we'll, see, we'll I guess. see what will happen welcome free nation you'll be around to see so we shall see question 13 what was the connection between media and george floyd I think they highlighted the incident and helped inform people around the world of what occurred. They recognized how that travesty needed to be viewed and mm. something should be done about it. So they ma- they made everything surrounding the situation public, including even the trial. Mm-hmm. And I think that brought light into what was really going on because mm. things like that have happened before. But I don't think the media coverage was so intense. And mm-hmm. we looked at different aspects and heard from different people on it and we didn't get that many opinions voiced on similar situations that happened in the past that mm. I think this case did. Like, we got to hear from a lot of people. So I think the media did do a lot of coverage in terms of George Floyd. Absolutely. So I came across this website called signal-ai.com, and they stated some facts. There's some interesting facts. I'm not going to state all of them, but the following I thought was really fascinating. So George Floyd was named in close to 2 million news items in the two weeks that followed his death. Wow. So to your point about them talking about it was 100% true. <laughs> yeah, they really went in. They went in. They were in it to win it, guys. <laughs> and then, of course, of approximately half, have linked his death to racism and our police brutality. So making that deduction for people to understand, it wasn't just the death of a man, but it was death of an unarmed black man, right? And if he may have been from a different community, would that same outcome would have happened? Most likely not, right? So making people see that to be a person of color, to be a black and brown person in this country is literally increasing your chance of death on a daily basis, right? And I don't know if that has always been apparent for other people. And if if and if and it wasn't apparent, it definitely was when they witnessed the murder on film, right? So, I think people just don't want to recognize. Well, yeah. there would be, there, there are some people that didn't know, but I think people just didn't really want to recognize it. They mm-hmm. kind of want to bury their head in the sand and be like, well, mm-hmm. you know, they deserved it. They try that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then also what was interesting that they said here is that uh, print outlets provided notably more context to George Floyd's killing, likely due to normally being longer than broadcast segments. So different outlets were able to provide different context for it, which is interesting. Uh, but, th- you know, there's a lot more interesting stats here. Just you guys will be able to find the link on WokenFree.com. So make sure you check that out. Question 14. What is the connection between media and mass killings in the U.S.? So again, right, very interesting stuff here. So centerforresearch.org had an article that had some really interesting points that I'd like to share here. So they believe experts here say that the media coverage can inspire others to copy these actions or commit similar crimes. This is often called media contagion effect, and it happens with suicide terrorist attacks and mass shootings. Other experts report that a better explanation is the tendency for people to imitate behavior that gets a lot of attention. So shooters get enormous attention. Their name, their photo, motivations, and story are often shared for days following the event. The American Psychological Association points out that this 
quote unquote fame is something that most mass shooters desire and that the number of mass shootings in the United States has increased exponentially since the early 2000s. So on average, a mass shooting has occurred every 47 days from June 2015 until now. Before 2000, there were about three mass shootings per year. While the exact definition of a mass shooting is debated, a 2015 Congressional Research Service report defined a mass shooting as four or more killings in a single incident, not including the shooter. And this definition is what's frequently used here. And so the article there, the site goes on to talk a little bit more about so many of the killings that we're familiar with from Columbine to what happened in, uh, you know, in Vegas to uh, what was the other school in, was it in the South? I forget the name of it, but uh, the Parkland shooting. I mean, they go on, it goes on and on and on and on. And, you know, the American Psychological Association recommends that mass media deny shooters the fame they desire by not sharing so many details about them and instead direct their attention to the victims and their stories. Campaigns like Don't Name Them, a campaign of the FBI and Texas State University, and no notoriety created by a couple in honor of their son who died in Colorado movie theater shooting urged the media to cover tragic incidents without naming the shooters or describing their lives or motivations. By reducing the fame and attention that mass shooters receive, there will be fewer obsessive fans that become copycat shooters. This strategy has already been shown to be effective regarding teen suicides. Less media coverage has resulted in fewer copycats. So I actually think that's happening, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I see where they try not to talk too much about the, the killer, shooter right? or, the, okay. yeah, or the suspect, but they'll go into the lives of the victims yes. who were they. They are doing that. They're doing a better job with that now. I would agree. I don't I, think it I was think the case so. in the 90s, but I Not in the agree. 90s, no. Yeah. We heard so much. And so, they, were, I mean, they became celebrities. Was, yeah. yeah, it was like they were famous. Like, yeah, now they the maybe the shooter will be like named once mm-hmm. or something, but you can, you'll never find the name anywhere yeah. mentioned again. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the thing. But but And also what they need different. to focus on, in addition to the, the victims, are the, the heroes, right? There are people who use their bodies to shield other human beings and they sacrifice their lives. Those are the people who should be honored and tributed over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Because that is remarkable, right? To give your life for a stranger or to give your life for someone else because of a, t- a tragic incident, right? There, there's no other greater sacrifice one could make. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, the media definitely tries to tell us that the mass shootings are tragic events and they're unacceptable. But I feel they differ on who they allow to address solutions to the major issue. I, yes. I don't think they show all sides of the equation, which yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to like take a stance and it's a kind mm-hmm. of messed up, but we don't, it's like you'll go to certain media outlets and they won't talk about, oh, you know, is it really the manufacturer's fault and mm. who should be like, who's the, who, where's the blame to place? Yeah, I feel they, that it's yeah. very, it's, it's like very one sided and it's just, mm-hmm. I think we should hear, from both sides, like people who support gun rights and then people who don't. And I want them to debate on why. I think that people who. think it's like, I don't, 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 don't want to say taste, but it kind of like when, you're, when you debate. lose your son or you lose a child, right? Do you uh, really so want to hear? <laughs> from somebody who hasn't had loss, right? Yes, or the creator of that gun that killed your kid. Do you really want to hear from them? Like, is that yeah, really it's, the yeah. appropriate timing? To- <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why they don't it's, do it's, it. It's the touchiness it's of the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's very painful. Yeah, it's a little tough. But I'm not even talking about there's just like when there's po- politicians that come on and say, oh, let's do this, let's do that. Hear from both sides. Yeah, I agree with that. Because what happens is it's all right. We hear from one side. And then we kind of just hear the other sides. What? Well, we have rights, and then that's it. It's not like yeah. we never get them to talk to each other. Like, 
what can we do to like meet in the middle? Yeah. Like we need to make some change, but we kind of, it just yes. always falls short. Right. I agree. Cause one side gets very vocal. The other side just like, no, we have this law and <laughs> that's how it goes. Nothing else happens. Oh, God. That's pretty much it what is. it is. Yeah. It's like they draw, they like put their, they stomp their feet in the sand. Yeah. And they're just like, we're they just, not moving. They put up a fence it. and yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. like, that's it. And the person who had this sign is just yeah. not even seen. It's like, Hey, look, let's do yeah. this. And it's like, no, we're not doing this. Well, I, I feel it's not a discussion. I completely agree with you because at the end of the day, change is needed because if we're going to continue to have mass shootings every 27 days or something to that effect uh <laughs> we have yeah. got to figure out something <laughs> yes yeah, because people be you know i understand that the over is it is it overwhelmingly a large amount of number compared to how many people live in the united states no it is not but tell that to the people who lost those that children or those 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 family members right and the, the key is is <laughs> Well, we, I mean, what people expect, at least living in this country, is that yes. there's some level of safety when you mm. go into public places. Mm. But when that happens... Is that it, an expectation? Yeah, that now that it's kind of like, well, you never know it can happen. A hundred percent. I was watching Teen Mom <laughs> and so shocked to hear one of the Teen Moms nearly died. She was just at a gas station yeah, and there was so. a shooter. And she had glass glass near her body. She thought she was going to die, right? Who would expect right. to go pump gas and expect that there would be a sh- an active shooter on the ground? Like, it's just not like we're in uh, active wars. These weren't taking place in active war zones, right? That's the thing. <laughs> well, then you, yeah, then you. Say, then then right, it's right, like, right. well, at least you understand there is an active war, and then things yeah. will happen. But when you're just you grocery going shopping, your life, yeah. you're going to your place of employment. That's crazy. I mean, going th- to a movie theater, like you just yeah, want to watch a film. You, you, and now you die. You think there's some level of safety, but no. apparently it's <laughs> no. not actual. You can't even say, yeah, yeah That's it's guaranteed. what's been clear, uh, very clear, that there yeah. is no real expectation of, of safety anymore. That's, yeah, that's the <laughs> issue. <laughs> it is. Question 15. What has been the connection between media and cancel culture? I actually think most media has strengthened the cancel culture. I mm-hmm. think they've shown people that demand the cancellation. So whenever they'll speak to experts, these people will demand to cancel whoever it was that caused the controversy or Mm -hmm. the reprehensible act. I think they just used to fish for apologies in Mm -hmm. the past. Like they would just be like, well, if they apologize, that's okay. But now people will come on and demand, Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's take away their source of income. So I think Mm -hmm. those people that want to take away the livelihood of others are very vocal now compared to in the past when Mm -hmm. we never got to even hear from them. It was just kind of like the media would say, wow, this person said that they should apologize. You know, they would kind of, Get, try to get an apology, but now it's, eh, get rid of them. You know, we'll, we'll hear, we'll hear kind of like the extremists who, who whoever that celebrity offended, mm-hmm. they'll get to speak their mind on the Absolutely. opinion. So I, I do think the media has helped strengthen this. Mm-hmm. They've instigated it and they essentially have created the court of public opinion. And it's kind of like at the end of the day, to your point, no one is perfect. And, and so if we are going to do this, then we have to, we have to understand the ramification, right? Cause yeah, when you, when you cancel someone, it's not just, oh, they're not going to be in the, you know, they're not going to get a TV show anymore, but you literally could be taking away all of their income sources. Yeah. (laughs) So it is not, yeah, it is not just an easy thing to decide to do guys. And so we have to, I think we need to think about the deeper consequence I, I you know i don't want to understate or or devalue the fact that when you create an when you've done an egregious thing and we won't necessarily have to name the celebrities but when you have committed acts of violence or sexual deviance against children then i totally understand people having vocal opinions about that oh, yeah. as, as a mother to be as a person who's a hardcore feminist 
I am a hundred percent against the violence or the, 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 you know, kind of diminution of any person in this planet on this planet, but we do have to also look contextually and, and get the full story out there, right? We can't just say, Oh, you committed X and that's it. But like, what was the story leading up to this? And what was, and have you given that perpetrator the opportunity to address it as well? Or are you just dismissing? Well, yeah, them that's and a big problem with it. <laughs> just kind of cutting them off off. Yeah, you don't get to hear both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Question 16. What are media sources that you trust and relate to the most? Uh, is the answer no or none? <laughs> no, of Could course be. not. Of course not. Of course, Woken Free, guys. Of course, Woken Free. Uh, outside oh, of true. our platform, Good point. Uh, I would say, you know, I came across this article. It's a 2019 article on uh, businessinsider.com where they asked, uh, a survey was asked to respondents whether they believed the leading broadcasters being CBS, ABC, NBC, the cable news channels, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox, and then print outlets like the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and NPR, National Public Radio, are credible, and the American adults surveyed as follows. So on average, 55% of adults found the nine outlets in that survey to be credible. 63% said CBS is credible. 61% said NBC is credible. 60% said ABC is credible and, and so forth. And then, uh, you know, what I thought was interesting, 51% said Fox News is credible. 49% <laughs> said NPR is credible. 48% said wow. MSNBC is credible. And so for me, I would say, I struggle because again, when we talked about bias, you know, even though I didn't know all the, all the terms, I learned that for this episode of bias that exists in this world. But, uh, <laughs> I do think that there's any outlet you have, you still have to be able to make your own judgment calls and you still have to do your own research. And that's why we encourage you guys, even when you're listening to our episodes to click on the links as well. So you have access to the information so that if you want to make your own judgment or decision on things, you are not prevented that you have the information. Because even when they report, do they share the sources with us? No, we just hear words out of people's mouths. We don't We don't have links that we can go and click back unless it's some type of online article or yeah, a newspaper. Right. We don't have access to what the, the news broadcasters are yeah, speaking to. I'd love an app where I could see where were your sources, what who reported what to you, so that I can make my own judgment call. You know, it's, yeah, there's a disconnect nice. there. <laughs> For me, I mm-hmm. trust NBC the most. I ah. think they're pretty level-headed. But again, you're right. Mm-hmm. With the sources, they don't give you those sources. Mm-hmm. But what I do like is they do have a verification thing that they air. And right there, they will list all their sources. That's cool. And they'll verify like information that's been scrounging the internet and people been like purporting as fact. So they'll like fact check some stuff. That's so cool. I do like that they do have that kind of segment. Mm-hmm. And my next channel that I think is pretty good, and they're pretty new, but... I feel they're neutral as cheddar. I think mm, they try like not them. to inject yeah. their opinions. They're pretty good with that. They kind of state things as it is and mm-hmm. don't try to be biased towards either way. They're very informative. So that's that'd be my second most. And then mm-hmm. for good laughs, when I just want to laugh out loud, I watch Fox News. Cause All right, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> So I do, I do watch Fox News. Okay. I'll admit that. Cause All I like, right. I like comedy once in a while. All right, so. sir. Okay. And then again, they <laughs> give a different point of view, but they're very, they're very funny though. It's like, it's okay. a good joke. So I like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the regular Fox News is actually pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll say they're decent too. Cause I'll watch their programs and 
There's no, there's no issues with oh, them. Oh, Fox and Fox News. You're yeah, Fox okay. News is actually different Separate than Fox. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Fox News is a specific platform mm. about news things. Fox, though, you know, they have yeah, programming regular. and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they do have news still. So it's, it's kind of funny, but they're actually different. They're biased mm-hmm. differently. Interesting. Yeah. Question 17. How important is it to diversify the media outlets you pay attention to? I think it really shapes how you view things. Since, like mm-hmm. I said earlier, these media outlets are biased and often mm-hmm. make decisions for you. So... If you just watch one media outlet, I like this phrase that I saw online. It's like you're in an echo chamber. So it's oh. <laughs> you, you'll hear things that you believe, basically, because uh-huh. that's all they're spewing. One media outlet may be very biased, so they say the same things, uh-huh. and it's what you believe. And it kind of like it makes your bias even stronger and stronger, and it just kind of goes Validates back and it. forth yeah. Yeah, with that validation. So I think that's uh-huh. one of the issues you run into, is if you only go to a source that you like because it agrees with you mm-hmm. then it'll make your opinions that much worse because you won't now know both sides of a story you'll just think mm-hmm. something's correct because you got your validation even though you never heard what the secondary side of the story is and mm. that's kind of i think cancel culture has been it's been amplified by this sort of issue absolutely people just looking at one source Absolutely. So I completely agree with you. Actually, the only other thing I would add here is that you can't have blind faith in anything you listen to. So even with Woken Free, guys, like anything you listen to, anything you consume, do your own homework. You may or may not agree with us. That is totally fine. But do not just take people on their word and don't just take things and be like, well, they said it, so it must be true. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. People believe that. (laughs) Absolutely not. It is imperative that you are a thinking being in this planet. (laughs) (laughs) And that you can look because you and we could look at something and feel one way about it. And you can look at it and feel a different way about it. And that's what life is. That's what perception is. It's all just it. That's the beauty of our minds and our intelligence. And it's just feed it and constantly be learning and constantly question things. So that's what I would say when it is it important to diversify your media? Absolutely, because you're going to get different bias per different outlet. And you need to also hear from outlets that speak to different audiences. Outlets that are designed for certain communities are going to report purport information to that community. And if you don't happen to be a part of that community, are they serving or catering you? Most likely not. So yeah. <laughs> diversify. If you want to know more about what's going on with different communities in the world, then you need to cater your and and, and cure the content you consume that embodies those outlets that cater to different communities. Exactly. (laughs) Question 18. What is the criteria you use to identify media sources you can trust? So on AmericanPressInstitute.org, they have six questions that you should ask to determine how trustworthy media is. The questions are as follows. One, type. What what type of content is this? Two, source. Who and what are the sources cited and why should you believe them? Three, evidence. What's the evidence and how was it vetted? Four, interpretation. Is the main point of the piece proven by the evidence? Interesting. That's kind of a legal type of question there. (laughs) Five, completeness. What's missing? Mm, Very important question. I don't know if most people think about that when they hear a news article or news reporting. (laughs) Six, knowledge. Am I learning every day what I need? Right? So these are some of the questions to ask yourself. And if you struggle with coming up with answers to that based on the media sources you're consuming, maybe you need to think differently about (laughs) what you're taking in on a daily. All right. So, yeah, I've got five things that I follow. Mm -hmm. The first is I look at the history of the organization. Mm. What is what? 
how did they come about? Where did they come from? That's just one of my first things. The second is how do they make money? Mm. Are they funded by large corporations who have agendas that they're pushing? Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just something you got to think about. Of course. Who else backs them? Like who else is a supporter Invested. of this group? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's good to know because maybe they're part of a group that you don't like, right? True and that, if they back that. them, I don't know. You got to look at them twice and say, well, how come they support them? I don't mm-hmm. know. We are on different planes here. The fourth one is what are the controversies surrounding them? Because oftentimes you don't know, but there may be like a legal loss. There may be a lawsuit against the organization. Absolutely. And it, you're not supposed to judge them on it, but you know, you could just look to see what are the, the what their complaints yeah. made against them. It's mm-hmm. just nice to know that. And even past controversies and how that ended. Did it end in their favor? Did Absolutely. it end up they were wrong? Did mm-hmm. they pay off people to keep quiet? You know, nice. things like that. Nice. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. And the last one is the diversity of the anchors or reporters, which I know you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. seeing reporters and anchors that look like you. Or Absolutely. It's a nice way to know that at least you you might be being represented, yeah. but don't let it trick you because just because people look like you doesn't mean they're for you. And also the diversity <laughs> of the leadership, right? Because you can have, one, yeah. you can have you diverse go. anchors, frontline people, but if yeah. all the leadership does not look like you interesting very interesting yeah, that's a good point <laughs> yes question 19 how do you personally believe uh where you live impacts the media you consume we touched on it a little bit yeah definitely mm-hmm. it definitely impacts you because the media they always try to reflect their audience actually it's mm-hmm. just that's a fact of the trade i've seen mm-hmm. it multiple places and they've admitted it where they try to tailor their stories mm-hmm. and even tailor the anchors to look like people that watch their show. Interesting. So it's, Interesting. A, it's a big thing in mm-hmm. terms of where you live. It will, it will cater what is what you're seeing. It's yep. not just random. Absolutely. I, you know, I completely agree. I think it's been really interesting moving to Arizona and seeing how the, the, the type of news broadcasters that present and the type of uh, vibe, like you're saying, they're kind of presenting and and sharing and how they talk and what they say and stuff like that. And is very contrary to New York culture and very different from what we grew up uh, hearing and listening to, but it's been a, it's been a wild ride and it's interesting. I look forward to hearing and seeing how that changes, but I just would encourage everyone thinking uh, if you happen to be uh, play a role in creating content or influencing content to just remember, you know, we here live in the United States, but we are part of one planet, uh, planet Earth. And so we need to think globally and we need to be just as concerned as what's happening in Sri Lanka as we are in what's happening in Thailand and what's happening in South Africa and what's happening in, in uh, you know, uh, Wisconsin or yeah, like everywhere everywhere oh, okay. jamaica trinidad canada lake Cambodia. mexico yes we all matter all human lives matter as people love to have that rhetoric back stated what about people what about the few people living in antarctica every human that counts life too? that's yes, weird matters khalil <laughs> but you want to hear news about them khalil. i don't know what they do there not yeah. ice fishing khalil they're just doing See, science that there. sounds like a bias is and that me being biased towards yes. scientists living that's in antarctica not understanding the 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 culture of across the world as we shouldn't i don't understand we don't, yeah the, it's not been culture. shared i don't know if it's and we should know i don't know if there's any shame on us we should know jurors i don't think there's any jurisdiction there so i'm not sure we should know on. we should know okay question 20 do you believe news media outlets will ever reflect global news Yes, but only when people make it that way. So to your point earlier, when you said that there are, there is a news outlet that actually actively tries to, uh, 
survey and get feedback from their public until that is like a kind of standardized behavior, then no, it won't happen. But if it happens to go that way, then yes, we will. I don't think this will ever happen. Not all of them. Mm. I think there's certain media outlets that they just like to focus on local news. So I think they'll never reflect global news. Okay. And then last question. All good things come to an end. Question 21. What words of wisdom do you have when it comes to consuming media content? It really just comes down to one main thing for me. And Mm -hmm. that's to fact check multiple sources. Don't Mm -hmm. base your opinion off of one source. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like getting a second opinion for a prognosis. You must do it. You don't just take the first one on faith. You go and see, you know, Mm -hmm. does everything line up? And it's the same thing when people say things. Because I don't know why we're assuming that just because someone was on the media and they said it. It must be true. I don't, yeah. I don't get that. Cause you, if you don't do that in everything in your life, do you? When mm-hmm. a child speaks to you and says, Hey, I see ice cream behind you. It's not true, right? I mean, <laughs> unless you're near ice cream, but, yeah, but you don't believe something. the baby. Yeah. Why you treat these other people so much differently? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, don't know. Don't put them on a pedestal. Yeah. You put all this something. faith yeah. in people, mm-hmm. but you really shouldn't. What, I don't know what gives Prove you the, yeah. the thought idea to do that. You got to find what's really going on. Just do a little bit of research, Absolutely. especially for big topics. Come on. A hundred And things that you're going to go talk to about with your friends and family, yeah. right? Don't exactly. spew off the, because oftentimes you hear from one thing and now it's like yeah. a telephone game. You go spread this to your friends and, and family it's, yeah, it's and they thought like you said it. So they believe yeah. you. They're like, oh, we trust you. Yeah. And, then and then it's, it's the problem. Right? Everybody thinks it's true and it's, it's not even close. Yeah. I guess for me, I would say my message would be to stakeholders at media outlets that if you're listening, I would say the following. The content you put out matters to your point, right? We all are taking what we hear and we're sharing it with the people that matter to us. And we don't need to be in situations where we're sharing false information or we're helping to validate bias that doesn't need to be out here in the world. So stop acting like this is just a small story or this is just one outlet or this is just one incident because the the stories matter, the people that are involved matter, and it's influencing people's minds and hearts. We also need to be intentional. We need to be honest and we need to be thoughtful about the narrative we share with uh, with the public because it is affecting people internally and it's also creating dangerous situations for people, right? And so, you know, I don't enjoy being a person who feels like my life is always at risk. And if media outlets could maybe understand that and could maybe be a little bit, have more deference to how they communicate and what they communicate, maybe I wouldn't have to feel that way in my life. And so time will tell if that will ever change. I mentioned it numerous times. Think global. We are one planet, one world. Let's <laughs> think about how your your audience can be impacted and can benefit and, and also connect with people outside of their backyards and, and have a global connection. Be open to change. We've talked about opportunities for <laughs> outlets. You're not going to be right. You're not going to get it right all the time. Please be an open, have an open mind and hold yourselves accountable to be honest. And, and to, when you mess up, you mess up, own it. And then be open to change in that you are going to mess up. And so what's your action plan? What are you going to do going forward? And then lastly, uh, you know, focus on the good, right? We keep focusing on the negative and it's not getting our world that much better. We still are struggling with things that we've struggled with for thousands of years in our society. Guys, we still have changed. There's things that need to happen here. (laughs) We're still having atrocities happen, abuse, sexual abuse, violence that has been happening since the beginning of time. So obviously we're not getting it right and we need to change. (laughs) And if that's not clear, I don't know how many more people need to be raped, molested, how many more animals and creatures have to be abused and, and, and decimated for us to get the point. Things have to change. 
True. So with that, we are at that time again. Man, it is the coming to the end of our 191st episode of Woke and Free. Quite the episode doing another Woke and Free story time called 21 Questions About Media. This was a jam-packed episode. We really hope that stuff resonated with you. If it incited you, if it got you angry, you know what you have to do. You have to share your thoughts with us in the comments. If things resonated with you and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. I really loved when you guys talked about that, that, that. Please share with us because again, we are, we are creating a platform designed to cater to you. So if we don't hear from you, then we can't, <laughs> we can't take your feedback in, in, in consideration. So please make sure you do that. Now, will we leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we'll be discussing what's all the hype surrounding NFTs. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please remember we're expecting our little one. So we are not taking guest submissions until probably the fall. But if you want to start hitting us up, where do you go? The contact us page at WokenFree.com. That is W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. Hit us up on social media if you want to connect on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, LinkedIn at Woken Free. And then all collaborations and sponsorships, same place, same time. Contact us page at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Until next time. It's the media of choice. <laughs>